Something we don't realize about the Psalms is that the Psalms are essentially a book about Jesus. Yet so many times we don't read it that way and we don't even read it in the context of what it was originally written. We just will pick out a verse that seems to speak to our situation. And my encouragement for you is as we start to study the Psalms, we first stop, and today we're going to talk about all the reasons why we should study the Psalms, but then you also start looking and listening for Jesus in the Psalms. I'm going to point it out, but I want you to do that as you're listening as well. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand his will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are starting a new series on the book of Psalms. And there's a couple of reasons why we're going to do kind of like a introduction to the Psalms. And I, I think a lot of us are familiar with the Psalms. We read the Psalms, but my question is, do we really study the Psalms or do we know why the Psalms are even important? So we're going to go through some history and context about the Psalms, and then I'm not going to say we're going to do one Psalm a day. I think we're going to take it as it comes, and we're going to be spirit-led with that. Some Psalms are pretty short, and some Psalms are very, very long, as we will soon find out. So I'm going to go with um, basically whatever God leads, and we're going to kind of teach through the Psalms. We're going to read the Psalms. We're going to pray through the Psalms, but I'm going to point out some things that you might not have noticed before. So as we're getting started, I think a lot of us would recognize that the Psalms is kind of that long, big book in the middle of your Bible. Typically, a lot of people will say, you know, if you just open your Bible and you crack it open to the middle, a lot of times it'll end up in the Psalms because that is because the Psalms is the longest book in the Bible. 
I think it's important to talk about the Psalms in the context of understanding how to hear Jesus, because Jesus quotes the Psalms more than any other book. And I said this, if you didn't hear me say this on our Facebook group, I'm going to say it again here. If Jesus considers the Psalms worthy to be quoted, then I think that we would be doing a disservice to our relationship with him to not see for ourselves what it actually says, so that when he quotes it, we understand what he's talking about. So the book of Psalms is the most frequently quoted Old Testament book that we see quoted in the New Testament. So throughout the New Testament, the New Testament writers would quote the Old Testament, more often than not, they would be quoting from the book of Psalms. They were very well acquainted with this text. Um, Psalm 110, which is about seven verses, is quoted in the New Testament more times than any other Old Testament chapter. So think about that for a moment. All the authors of the New Testament not only know Psalms, but they quote it more than any other Old Testament book. I think there's some power there. I'm going to give a couple examples real quick, just so you realize I'm not fibbing. And we're going to kind of get into it as we study throughout the, the next, I would say, month or so, next little while. Um, but Matthew 27, verse 46, where he says, And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. And that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When he is saying this question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is taken directly from Psalm 22, verse 1. It says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? So this groaning that we hear from Jesus on the cross, he's actually quoting Psalm 22. So we see kind of this this gut-wrenching moment where Jesus is um, just pouring out his heart to the Lord, or to God, and this despair, he is actually quoting Psalm 22. Uh, in John 15, 25, it, it says, But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. So this frame, I'm sorry, this phrase comes from Psalm 35. So verse 19, it says, Let not those who rejoice over me, who are wrongfully my foes, and let not those wink the eye who hate me without cause. And it's also in Psalm 69, verse 4. So this phrase of hating me without cause. In John 13, 18, it says, The scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. That is a phrase that comes from Psalm 41. Psalm 41, 9 says, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. In Matthew 23, 39, For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That is from Psalm 118. Verse 26 says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. And honestly, I have probably 20 more examples. I'm not going to go through all of them today for the sake of time. But we see over and over again in the New Testament this quotation of the Old Testament book of Psalms. And really, what I want to get to and, and what we're going to really focus on throughout this study is the Psalms is a book about Jesus. There is a foretelling of the Messiah that happens in the book of Psalms, 
that becomes really important later when we're realizing the the way that it confirms who Jesus was. So a little bit of background on the Psalms. The word Psalms is a is from the Hebrew word Tehillim. I can't ever I learned how to read Hebrew, not to speak it. So don't come for me. But that word, it means praises, essentially. And so in the Greek translation, so remember, this was a, a Hebrew book that was then translated into Greek. And then we get our translations from both the Hebrew and the Greek. But that Greek translation of the Old Testament is Psalmoi, P-S-A-L-M-O-I or Psalmoi. I don't know how you would pronounce that. But it means songs to be accompanied by stringed instruments. So essentially what we have in the book of Psalms is kind of like a, 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 a hymnal for ancient Israel, like a hymnal or a devotional book or like a combination of the two. And what it was is there would be music played to this important part of ancient Israel's culture and history in these poems, prayers, songs, all of that. So essentially it's the, the hymn book or the worship book of ancient Israel. So in modern times, songs and poetry, I'm going to get a little bit technical for you because I think it helps to understand the Psalms. Poetry would be written using um, like rhyming words. So even just thinking about how we learn about poetry, there's different kinds of poetry, of course, but a lot of times songs especially are written with this pattern within the, the text so that they kind of rhyme. But in Old Testament times, it wasn't like that. Poetry and songs were based on parallels or, or patterns of thought. So it wasn't about rhyming words. It was about connection between the parallels of, of their thought process. So like the second line or sometimes the following line of each psalm will do a couple things. It will either restate the first line or thought, but it'll use different words. That's called synonymous parallelism. It will contrast the first line. So you might have something where it's restating the first line, or you might have something else where it's contrasting the first line or thought, and it'll kind of state the opposite or like a different aspect of it. Or, and that's antithetical parallelism. And then the third kind you'll see is it will complete or expand the thought. So that's called synthetic parallelism. So all three forms of parallelism, I can't even say that word, so please don't come after me. Um, those are all used in the Psalms. We see that technique used in all, all three ways throughout. The earliest Psalm, uh, the one that was written by Moses, it was Psalm 90, that was written all the way about the 15th century BC. And then the newest ones, are about 5th or 6th century BC. That's like Psalm 137. And a lot of them in between were written about the 10th century BC. And that is what we would call Israel's golden age of poetry. So, you know, if you think about our own history in the U.S., the golden age, we've, that's a period of time when like the best of something or the, or the most of something good is produced. And so this was really kind of like this 10th century mark was kind of like this old golden age for Israel's history for, for writing poetry. And I think it's important to know this because I did not know this when I was younger, that they're not 
like chronological order. It's not like you start with Psalm 1 and that's the first one that was written and then, you know, it progresses. That's not the way that it works. These were a collection of hymns, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, that were brought together, but they're not necessarily in chronological order. I mean, they're, they, it's not even necessarily, they're not in chronological order. So what you'll see, um, in many Bibles, depending on what kind of Bible you have, there are titles or notes that are included in a lot of the Psalms. And so I, I want you to just realize or recognize that those are not necessarily considered inspired. So when we talk about the inspired word of God, um, because those were added later, they're not considered inspired. Inspired. They are important and they were written um, in Hebrew a long time before it was translated into Greek. So it is um, like a contextual clue, but that's almost to be looked at as the historical side of things, not necessarily God ordained or God breathed. Um, they usually tell notes about like the author's name or the type of Psalm that it is because there's different kinds of Psalms, or there might be notes in there about how the music should have been played, or even sometimes like a ceremony note, like if this was a wedding song or a funeral song, there will be a note of how that song should have been used in a particular ceremony. Sometimes it'll even be historical notes. So I don't know if you guys go to a church where you could get a copy of a hymnal, but um, if you open up a hymnal, a lot of times hymnals will have these. It's a similar kind of vein of thought. Like you open up a hymnal and it might say Fanny Crosby to be used at a dedication ceremony or something like that. It's kind of similar to that. So this was kind of a collection of all these kinds of worship songs that were used in different settings. The Psalms are basically 150 individual songs. It includes the longest chapter in the Bible, which is um, Psalm 119. I believe there's 176 verses. It includes the shortest chapter in the Bible, which was Psalm 117. It's two verses. And then it also includes the middle verse of the Bible, like the very middle verse of the, of the Bible that we have today. It's Psalm 118, verse 8. And in case you're wondering, it says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. I thought that was kind of um, a good thing to point out just because I was curious about it. I didn't know if you would be too. So basically what we have is this Hebrew songbook or, or like a devotional, and it is the most read portion of the Old Testament. And so there are a lot of times people that really study the New Testament, but maybe don't necessarily understand the value or study the Old Testament as much as they do the New Testament, but they will read the Psalms. And in fact, a lot of times, if you have a copy of a Bible that's just the New Testament, it will also include the Psalms. So it is the most read portion of the Old Testament. And some common things like the word hallelujah, we all know that word. It occurs 28 times in the Bible, but 24 of those times it's in the Psalms. So the Psalms are pretty important. It's pretty important for us to study them. I want to talk about authorship for a minute. So the authorship of the Psalms is not one person. I think that's important to point out as well. This isn't, I mean, yes, it's God ordained, God breathed, and God is ultimately the author. But the, the human authors, are. it's not all just one person. 73 of the Psalms, so a majority of them, are credited to David. 12 of them are to Asaph, who was a 
kind of a prophetically and musically gifted Levite worship leader. Um, and you remember the Levites were the tribe of the Israelites that were in charge of ministering. So they were the priests and the, like the worship leaders. Ten of these are credited to the sons of Korah, which was a musically gifted family. Two were to Solomon. One was to Heman. One was to Ethan. And one was to Moses. Now there are 50 that are anonymous or we just don't know who the authors are. And a lot of those, um, you have to remember, a lot of um, the Israelite tradition, it was oral tradition. And so those could have been handed down orally as part of the culture. And it's, you know, kind of like one of those things, like there are songs that we sing from our childhood. We don't really know who, who I mean, I'm sure there is an author, but we don't necessarily know who, who wrote those songs. So it's kind of like that kind of kind of thing. So with the exception of um, Moses, David, and Solomon, all of these other guys were priests or Levites. So they were like the ones that were leading the worship ceremonies. They were the actual musicians, the worship leaders from the Israelite tribe, the Levites. We know from biblical and historical records that it was David, Hezekiah, and Ezra that helped collect all of these and then they use them in public worship in Jerusalem. So we can't even really say there was one editor. It was kind of a um, an Israelite work in progress that kind of evolved as far as how these were used in public worship. So the book was put together in its final form during the time of like Ezra and Nehemiah. So that would have been like 450 to 400 B.C. It's important that you remember these dates, okay? So 450 to 400 BC is when this was put together. That BC means before Christ, before Jesus was even born. This was for 400 years at the very latest, 400 years before Jesus was born. The purpose, what's the purpose of the Psalms? So the purpose is um, really these are prayers and praises that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they were written really to express like these deep feelings that, that we even have, the reasons why we have worship songs today, to express our human heart in relation to God. So that is worship, that is praise, it's prayers. Many of these were written as prayers. And there's it's important to note that there's like several kinds of prayers too. So there's the kind of prayers that we're familiar with that are like, trusting God and loving God and adoring God and thanking God and praising God and this desire for growing closer in your relationship with God. Of course, those are there. But there's also a different kind of prayer that I think sometimes we forget about um, because I think sometimes there's this fallacy that Christians just have to have their lives together and you have to have everything together all the time or you're lacking faith. And in fact, that's quite the opposite. It's a prayer. There's prayers of lament. And what I mean by that is these are the kinds of prayers when um, they're discouraged or they're distressed or they have fear or anxiety or they're humiliated or maybe they're crying out for freedom or they're employing God for healing or they need defense from their enemies. So about half of the Psalms, this is important, about half of the Psalms are involving prayers of faith in times of trouble or opposition. 
And so I think because of that, it the, the Psalms is such a good place for us to lean into because it covers all of the human emotions that we have. So we have some of these songs written as praise and worship and celebrating God for all that he's done, but also as prayers of like, okay, God, I'm desperate. I'm on my knees. I'm broken. I need your help. And I think we can understand that in in so many different ways. And then the important point, and this is kind of where we're going to end up for today, is there's a lot of these Psalms that prophetically point to Jesus as the Messiah. The Psalms, this is what I started off by saying, the Psalms really is a book about Jesus. And so there's messianic prophecy. And by messianic prophecy, what I mean is there's prophetic words in the Psalms that point to Jesus as the Messiah. 13 different chapters. And we're going to cover these throughout our time that we're studying. But here's just a, a brief list of the things that the Psalms point to. Now remember, it was at least 400 years before Jesus was born that this book was put together, but it was way, way, way. Like Moses started, the first one was 15 centuries before that. So a very, 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 very long time, thousands of years before Jesus was born. The messianic prophecies and Psalms call Jesus the Messiah, the son of God. Um, they prophesied Jesus as a prophet, as a priest, as a king. They talk about the first and the second coming. They talk about Jesus's place and his character as God's son. Um, they talk about him being the priest forever. They talk about him suffering and dying for our sins. They talk about the resurrection And it is the most detailed of all the Old Testament prophecies about Christ. The most detailed prophecies we have are in the book of Psalms. Remember when this was written and put together. It's important that we recognize how the Psalms point to Jesus and how they offer this layer of um, proof, really, that Jesus was who he said he was and how he fulfilled all the Old Testament prophecies about him. So I hope you're excited about this. I hope that this is a series that's going to bless you. I know that there are a lot of you that just simply do not have time to read your Bible, but you have time to put on a podcast. And so I'm going to take advantage of this time that we have together to get as much of God's word into your heart and your mind as as we can. And so I pray that that's a blessing to you. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for the treasure that is your word, for the way that you reveal yourself over and over and over again through the Psalms and the way that they point to Jesus. Lord God, I pray that as we embark on this new study of the Psalms, Lord God, would you reveal yourself, your character and your nature through the Psalms to us. Lord, help us to take away the things that we can see and understand and identify with as we look to your word. Lord, at And we always ask that you would continue to reveal yourself to us in a way that we can hear your voice more clearly. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to to pray with my friends and to lead them closer to you. I pray for their protection, for their health and their safety. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Hey friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. 
don't worry, I will be writing more studies. But in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women in the study, but really for you to have a, a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the scripture from the, the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the colors that we have designated in the study, those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the, in the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that. And they're small. You can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four gospels like that. And so that, that one is done by Hosanna Revival and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them, just the aesthetic of them. They make me feel really special when I'm working in them. And so that's all four of the Gospels. And that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set. And then the third option, and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for, is we have journaling Bibles. And so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted, and then also the leather bound. And what I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me. My Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hears Bible study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.